Welcome to the Contact Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Contact Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Jones. If this is your very first time checking out the podcast, whether it be on YouTube or Apple or Spotify, thank you so very much for taking the time. I hope this is a blessing and this topic is something that encourages you today because this topic has really been something that I felt like the Holy Spirit has been laying heavily on me for a while, really since late last year. I've been kind of flirting with this idea and praying about it and trying to find the right time. And I felt like the Lord was telling me we need to talk about this now. And so I want to put this phrase out there before we get into any scripture, before we get into what's up, before we do anything else. And it's that we as Christians need to start believing in the immediacy of God. You know, a lot of times people are waiting around for God to do something when God is saying the work's already done on my end. It's, tr- it's a time for you to walk in favor. It's time for you to walk in the anointing and the calling that I have given you. Too many Christians are just waiting around when God is saying, draw near to me and I will open doors. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And I've just seen that time and time again throughout my life, especially over the last couple of years. And so I want to highlight a couple of those stories really quick. And then I want to get into scripture and just show you guys from scripture the 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 examples that is laid out for us that God was working, whether it be quick or seemingly quick, you know what I'm saying? And so hopefully that's something that's a blessing to you, because a lot of times we we get things twisted and say, you know, his time frame is off and this or that or is this is taking too long. This is taking forever. We have to trust in his perfect timing. He has everything laid out for a reason. There's things that you need to go to go to and go through to be able to get to the place that you want to go to. You know what I'm saying? You can't have everything all at once. You wouldn't be able to handle it. So that just shows his grace of of letting you move slowly to get through things or sometimes in some cases excel through things quicker than other people. But we're going to get into all that here in a little bit. But first, I want to go ahead and get into what's up. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? So for my what's up today, obviously I'm not doing a uh, reading a review. I'll do one next week. But for my what's up, um, Landry just started playing basketball. Landry is our five-year-old, and we had his first game last week. And it was um, it was very interesting. You know, the the league that he plays for, the level that he is at is four through six-year-olds. And so we get to our first practice Friday night, and actually rewind a little bit couple uh really this was like probably before christmas we go to the orientation and uh the orientation is really just a time for them to watch all the players dribble and try to shoot um and try to divide the teams to where every team is even and so i get there and he's played he played at the same place last year and it's the place that i played when i was a kid and so i get there and i was one of his assistant coaches last year and the girl that's running the league this year She's like, hey, you know, Chris, who was Landry's head coach last year, I was the assistant under him. She said, you know, Chris, since he took his job in Nashville and he's moved out, by the way, shout out to uh, Chris. He was a um, Chris Fillers. He was a big influence on Landry. Landry really took a liking to him last year and learned a lot from him. Uh, he, he was blessed to be able to have the opportunity to have a job in Nashville at a church, being a full-time youth pastor there. And so um, that's amazing for him. It's a great opportunity. I know the, the Lord is really going to use him uh, and his heart and his uh, vision for the youth. But um, anyway, so the girls, she says, you know, since Chris isn't going to be here, would you be willing to be your son's head coach? And I was like, I've never done it before, but yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And so um, she's like, okay, I'm going to give you the list of your team. And so 
uh, a couple weeks before the first practice, I, I, I try to call everybody. She gives me all the names and all the numbers for the parents. And so I try to call them and can't get anybody to answer except one parent. And so I'm like, okay, we're off to a great start. So then I leave voice messages for everybody. Hey, I'm your son's coach, this and that. Just, just kind of want to uh, just get you on the phone and, and kind of lay out to you the schedule, lay out to you practices and all that sort of thing. Couldn't get anybody on the phone. And so I sent out text to everybody. Uh, nobody texts me back. And, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to start a group text as well, just so I'm not having to text, you know, eight different numbers. I can just put it all in one place. And so I started a group chat, put every single name in there. And I'm, I just said the same thing that I said in the voicemail. Hey, you know, my name is Donovan Jones. I'm your son's coach. Our first practice is blah, 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 blah. The first game is blah, 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 blah. And immediately after I sent it, like five minutes later, two of the parents left the group chat. And so I'm like, man, this is going to be an interesting season. And so we, we had the first practice last week and um, there was the way they do it is we get one side of the floor and one of the teams, other teams in the league practices on the other side. And I'm looking across the court and they are head and shoulders above all of our players. And so I'm, I'm like asking my players like, Hey, how old are you? And every player on our team is four years old, except my son Landry's five. So he's the oldest. And I look across the court and I'm thinking, man, this is, this is not going to be good for us. I thought we were dividing the teams up evenly here. You know, I'm feeling like we, we kind of got the short end of the stick. At one point, every single player on our team in the first practice was crying except Landry. And so I'm like, oh, man, we got our work cut out for us here. But it was cool because um, not only am I playing uh, coaching at the place where I played when I was a kid, my son is now playing there. But I also reached out to one of my old high school teammates a couple of weeks before the first practice. And I'm like, hey, bro, uh, no pressure. You could think about it, whatever. But if you want to, would you be willing to be my assistant coach? And so he was like, yeah, bro, I'm down. And so um, he's helping me out. And so we're, we're coaching together. So it's been a lot of fun the last two weeks. And so um, after the first practice, I'm thinking, man, this is not going to be good. Our first game is tomorrow. And so we go and, and uh, Saturday morning, this is this past Saturday. And um, I'm thinking, okay, looking across the court. They're a lot bigger than our kids. And I'm like, oh, man, and my son, Landry, he's really been practicing on ball handling and dribbling and all those sorts of things really all year because he's he really take a liking to basketball and he's enjoying it. So I'm thankful for that because I always love basketball. And so as uh, soon as the game starts, he's just running around the court, taking the ball, dribbling around everywhere. And I'm like, man, this is this is awesome. This is a lot of fun to watch him play. I don't know. You know, we might get beat 30 to nothing, but, um, you know, at least he's out there having a good time and all those sorts of things. And um, so anyways, we end up scoring the first basket of the game in the second quarter and Landry passed the ball to a kid and the kid shot it and scored. And I was like, I looked over at Nick because to that point, the ball hadn't really touched the rim at all for either teams. And I was like, that might be the game winner in the second quarter. And uh, as the, the game kept going, uh, Landry wasn't able to score, but the final score was six to two and Landry had two assists. And so for those of you who do not know anything about basketball, that means that he had the basketball, he passed it to somebody and then they shot and scored. So he assisted on two out of our three baskets. And so I told him, you know, that's, that's being a playmaker. That's being a leader, setting other guys up for success. And so, um, yeah, it was great. So we ended up winning six to two. And so I told all the guys we had practice as I record this, this is Friday night. I told all the guys that practiced tonight, set them all down. I'm like, look, we won our last game six to two. We're one and oh. I don't want any any losses on our on our schedule here. You know, I want I want wins. I want wins. And so uh yeah, so we got another game tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway, so let's go ahead and jump into this topic of the immediacy of God because 
last year, toward the end of the year, I really started rereading the Gospels. And as I got to Mark, there's you could you really notice this theme throughout the whole, you know, all four Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But in Mark specifically, as I was reading it, the one word stuck out to me immediately. And you see it over and over and over again. And as I was reading through the whole book, I believe there's 16 chapters, I noticed that especially in the first couple of chapters, it, it seemed like it was just in every paragraph, the word immediately. And so I went back, I used the ESV Bible. So I went back and just highlighted every single time in the book of Mark that it said immediately. And I got 36. Now I'm not the smartest person in the world. So I went over it a couple more times just to make sure my count was right. 36 times in, in 16 chapters, the book of Mark says immediately. And so, like I said at the beginning, we need to start as Christians, start believing in the immediacy of God. The, the word immediately would not be in those texts so many times if it wasn't for us to really grasp it. I don't, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I've heard research before where it talks about the, the mind has to hear a specific thing a certain amount of times before it actually clicks. And it's almost like in the Gospels, that's a, that's a theme for us to understand, like God can work in an instant if it's his will, if it's his timing. There's there's no like limit to what he can do in terms of time, space, matter, any of those things. He's he's outside of time. And the things that he does, sometimes they seem like they could take forever. Or sometimes it seems like things are happening quicker than others. But I just want to encourage you to take a step back and look at the things that God is doing in your life. Um, I want to read a specific uh couple verses here in Mark from Mark chapter five, because I, as I was looking through chapter, uh, uh, the book of Mark, I was like, I want to pick out one of these texts. And one really stood out to me that kind of related to a story that I wanted to share a personal experience from when I was a kid. But first I want to talk for a second about me and my wife, because, um, we were talking about this the other day, how, when I was, I, mean, I remember turning 20 years old and after I graduated high school, I wasn't really doing a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? Like I was working, worked at FedEx, uh, loading trucks and unloading trucks. I worked at Papa John's. And when I met my wife, I didn't really have any direction, but I knew as soon as I met her, I was like, I'm going to marry this girl. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, you know, I got to find something that I can do where I can financially take care of this girl. And so um, my mom was talking about getting a CDL for herself because my mom was a single parent at that time. And she's like, I got to find something where I can pay for the things that I need to pay for. And so actually funny story, me and my mom went to get our CDLs together. So we actually went through the eight week classes together to get our CDLs. So my mom has her CDL as well. She doesn't drive anymore. But, um, so anyways, I, I as soon as I met my wife, I, I had just turned 21, but before that, you know, like I said, when I turned 20, I remember thinking, you know, I want to meet a girl and I want to settle down. Like I didn't want to ever be a part of the party scene. I didn't ever want to kind of date around. I just wanted to find one girl and settle down. Like I didn't, I didn't want to do all the, you know, different date every week type thing. I just wanted one girl. And so when I met my wife, um, I had, it was, it was, I, and I'm trying to, explain this in a way, and I've really been praying leading up to this, that the Lord will allow me to articulate the things that I need to say in this moment, because I had no idea as I was going into my 20th year and as my 20th year was going, that things were going to really flip so quickly in such a major way. So to the, to that point, I was like, man, I don't even know if I'm ever going to find a girl. And you know, when you're that young, you have that kind of mindset of, man, is this ever going to happen? Am I ever, ever going to find a girl? What am I going to do? And so at that time I was just working 
and working out, hanging out with my brother. That was all I was doing. And so then I met my wife right before I turned 21 and we actually met online. And so we were kind of talking back and forth and um, she tells the story a little bit differently than I do, but we kind of lost contact for a little bit. And um, I, I didn't really text her. She wasn't really texting me. And I remember we started talking again um, on an app and uh, she's like, Hey, um, would you, do you want to text me? And I was like, uh, sure. And so she's like, well, I lost my phone at a bonfire. Um, I can give you my dad's number and we can text from my dad's phone. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to be texting this. I don't even know this girl. And she wants to give me her dad's phone number to text him. I don't know about that one, you know, but I did it. And, um, from that day, we, there's never been a day that we haven't talked since. Um, we just kind of clicked instantly the second time around. And, um, I remember we, I, I turned 21. And like two weeks later, we went out on a date on uh, Friday, March the, t the 13th, Friday the 13th. Go figure, right? And so um, I say all the time, like I should have, I, I tell, joke with her all the time. I'm like, I should have took that as a, a sign right there that I needed to steer clear going on a date on Friday the 13th. But um, anyway, just just kidding there. But so we we hung out and then um, I just right away, I'm like, yeah, this girl is special. Like this is, this is the one. And we went out the next night and asked her to be my girlfriend. And then... That's after that, we were probably dating six, eight months. Um, and that's when I went to go get my CDL. And then I started saving up money to buy a ring. And it went from a space where right before I had turned 21, I didn't even know who she was. And then I turned 21. And then six months later, I get my CDL. And then we get engaged. And then when I'm 22, I'm married and I'm driving a truck. Something that I never would have saw coming. I never saw meeting a girl so quickly and then getting married to her, but then also driving a transfer truck, driving a tractor trailer, 53 foot trailer, something that I never expected to do before. And it's just like that, that is the way that God works. He works in a way that sometimes it seems like these things are just, it's just a natural progression. But when you take a step back and look at it, you're like, dang, a lot of things happen very, very quickly. And that's the way that God can move. I look at several instances in my life. Another one, just really quick before we get into scripture here, is when I was a kid, I was a big fan of basketball. And that's why I'm so excited about Landry playing basketball. And I remember the first year that I ever played, I was seven years old. I wasn't any good. You know, it was the first year I ever played, but immediately when I played, I fell in love with it. And I was always kind of a nervous kid. So my parents had to make me, you know, go to the games and stuff. And I remember my parents were like, look, if you don't ever want to play again after this year, you can quit, but you're not going to quit during the season. You know what I'm saying? And so I remember I scored one basket a whole year and it was on my birthday. And uh, we had my birthday party actually at the gym after my basketball game. And some of my friends from school were there and stuff like that. Kids that I grew up with. And I remember I told them, I said, I want to play in the NBA when I get big. And I remember them laughing at me. And they're like, what? You know, like, you know, you suck. You know, they weren't saying that, but that's, that was kind of like the, the vibe that I was getting from them. And so shortly after that, we moved to Chattanooga. At that time we lived in Knoxville, we moved to Chattanooga and I didn't know anybody. And I was just like falling in love with basketball to the point where that was all I would do. My day consisted of, I would be outside playing basketball and then I would come inside and I would either watch Space Jam which is a movie with Michael Jordan and Looney Tunes, if you don't know what it is, or this this movie with terrible acting, no budget. Uh, it was called The Pistol. 
Um, I believe it was called The Pistol, The Birth of a Legend. Uh, it was about Pistol Pete Maravich, who is my all-time favorite player. And so I would literally watch Space Jam, go outside, play basketball, come inside, watch the pistol and go outside play basketball again. That's all I would do during the summer, all day, every day. I come home from school. That would be my routine to the point where that I just got better and better and better just because I was just practicing all day, every day. If I had time, I was outside playing basketball. And so I remember a couple of years later, we went back to Knoxville to visit some of those friends. And I went over to one of their houses and both of the boys were there. And I remember they were like, Hey, you want to go outside and play basketball? And they were kind of like, you know, NBA player and that kind of thing kind of give me a hard time. And I'm like, yeah, let's go out there and play. And um, they weren't any good at all. And I had gotten a lot better uh, to the point where they were like, you know, let's play. And then I started dogging them a little bit and I'm not bragging. I'm just trying to say, I'm just trying to like explain the story to you and, and like immediacy and working towards something and getting better at something. And I'm going to make a point in a second to the point where I remember laughing at them and saying, do y'all want to play both of y'all against me? And then they were like, yeah, let's do that. And you, I could tell, and I remember this like it was yesterday, just kind of the shock on their face. Like last time we saw him play, he was horrible. And so sometimes the way that God works in your life, it seems immediately to other people, but there's a labor of love that went into it in the background. You put in work in the background and it might not have seemed that long for other people. It might've seemed like, didn't we just see him play? Didn't I just see her do something? Didn't I just see him doing something? But then now today, he or she is so much better at what they're doing. Why? Because you put in that work in the background and God blessed your hard work. Galatians 6, 9 says, never grow weary in doing good for in due season, you will reap what you sow if you do not give up. That is sown into this earth. Like that is, that is just a natural thing that the Lord has instilled. If you, if you work hard, you're going to reap what you sow. If you sow hard work, you're going to reap the benefits of that. And so sometimes seemingly to other people, this seemed like it happened in an instant, but really you were putting in the work in the background to get to where you wanted to go. So I want to look in Mark chapter five really quick, because like I said, um, we see the word immediately 36 times throughout the book of Mark in the ESV Bible. And this story really stuck out to me because like I said, my boys were laughing at me back in the day. This is Matthew chapter uh, 5, verse 39. And this is when um, Jairus comes to Jesus and he's like, hey, can you come heal my daughter? Jesus shows up at his house. There's already people mourning and, and uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth and all those things because they're saying the daughter has already died. And so this is verse number 39. And when he had entered, he said to them, why are you making commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in there. And went into where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kuma, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about this and told them to give her something to eat. Similar to the story that I told you whenever I was playing basketball with my friends, kind of the look on their face. This is what was going on, I'm assuming, with, with these people. It says they were overcome with amazement, obviously to a completely different level because I'm, I'm talking about just playing goofy basketball out in the backyard and, and he's raising a little girl from the dead. But that is the kind of thing that God can do immediately. We see that word immediately there twice. People were laughing at him, but that didn't distract Jesus from doing what he came to do. He came with a purpose in mind to show these people the power of God and that it can work immediately in your life.
And so, like I said about a labor of love, I want to look now in the book of Genesis because sometimes that labor of love can be years and years and years, but it doesn't seem like that long to you. It only seems like a few moments because your love for that specific thing or for someone. And this instance here for Jacob here in Genesis chapter 29 is just uh, such an example of that. Um, this is verse number 16 of chapter number 29 of Genesis. And it says, now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful. In form and appearance, Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served him seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love that he had for her. Now that is just a perfect example of a labor of love and something that could seemingly feel like it's years and years and years, but the immediacy of God to to not only allow it to come to fruition in his timing, but to allow Jacob, because of the love that he had for it, didn't seem like it lasted that long. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, to me, I almost take that as an immediacy, because while it took seven years, the love that he had for her, the love that the Lord allowed him to to have toward Rachel— made it seem like it was only a few moments. So sometimes it does take years to get what you want or or where you want to be. But then other times it can take just mere moments. Other times it can just take one simple prayer, one simple request to God, and he can grant it in a moment's notice. An example here in Genesis chapter 24, I, I, and I want to kind of back up a little bit to uh, Abraham being tested by God because Abraham was promised by God that he was going to have uh, uh, um, children and and uh, generations to come, the count of the stars. You know, like he he wouldn't be able to count them all, basically. And so God tested Abraham. And so um, Abraham takes you know Abraham takes Isaac up on the mountain. Isaac says, "Where's the ram? Uh, where's the lamb for the sacrifice?" And he says, "You know, the Lord will provide." And so um, in verse in chapter number twenty two, verse number fourteen, it says, "So Abraham, this is after God provided the ram." Uh, verse number 14, it says, so Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. So the Lord is always going to provide, even if it doesn't seem like in the way that you wanted it to be, the Lord is always going to provide. And, and, and I think we need to come from a place of, um, thanking him for the way that he does provide, even if it wasn't in the packaging that we think it was supposed to be in, because he knows best. And ultimately down the road, you can look back and see, oh, wait, that was better what the Lord had for me than what I thought that I needed. And so um, this is, uh, let's go over to Genesis chapter 24. Um, I'm going to skip around a little bit just for lack of time. I want to pick out a couple verses here. And um, this is, uh, uh, Abraham is trying to find a wife, a wife for his son, Isaac. And verse number one, it says, now Abraham was old and well advanced in years and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And so Abraham basically tells his servant, I need you to go to a specific place and I need you to find a wife for my son Isaac, but the Lord is going to bless your trip. The Lord is going to walk ahead of you. And in uh, the latter part of verse number seven, he basically says that he says, uh, he tells him, um, he will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son there. Um, skip down to verse number 12. And um, this is the uh, the servant. He goes to the place that Abraham tells him to go to, uh, the city of Nahor. And he says, as he's sitting there waiting, he says, um, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. 
Listen very carefully to these next couple verses because this really blows my mind every time I read it. He says, let the young women to whom I shall say, please let down your jar that I might drink. And who shall say, drink, and I will water your camels. Also, let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. God has appointed everything in this life. God has a divine appointment on each and every one of our situations, on each and every one of us individually, on each and every one of our calling and purpose. It's up to you to walk in that favor. I think there's a lot of Christians that are not walking fully in the favor that God has for them. I've seen doors open up in my life, and it's because I am, am like it says in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The only way that you're going to see God open doors in your life is if you draw near to him. If you want to see things happen, if you want to see some movement, you have to get as close to God as you possibly can. And maybe you're saying, well, God's not opening doors for me. Maybe you're not as close as you need to be to God. Maybe you need to work on your relationship with him and trying to get closer to him because that's the only way that you're going to be able to not only see doors open in your life, but stay focused on exactly what it is that he's called you to do. Because when you're close to him, you can hear his voice. You can recognize it when he's trying to tell you to do a thing or go to a place or, or whatever it is. You can recognize his voice. And so he says, let her be the one whom you've appointed for your servant, Isaac. By this, I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to your master. So check out this verse. This verse is mind-blowing. Verse number 15. Before he had even finished speaking, behold, Rebecca. That, I mean, that just gives me chills just to read it. As he's praying and asking God, show me favor today. Bring this woman that, that I need to find for Isaac. Before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebecca. Whew, that... God is so good to bring things right on time, exactly when we need it. He's never late. It's just his perfect timing that we have to trust and seek. And so verse number 21, it says, The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord had prospered his journey or not. When the camels had finished drinking, so uh, she, she did as he had asked God for the sign. Um, she gave him water, watered his camels. And so then in verse number 26, the man bowed his head and worshiped the Lord and said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness toward my master. So whether it takes years, like it did in Jacob's case, where he's having to work seven years to be able to marry um, Rebecca, uh, Rachel, or it takes an instant before the prayer is even done, like we saw in Isaac's case, behold, Rebecca, it all is, is reliant on God's timing. And I ran into this verse the other day. I was reading Isaiah chapter 60, and this verse really, really resonated with me. And that's when I, I knew as I was praying over this topic that the Lord was telling me, you need to talk about this right now. The very last line in Isaiah chapter 60, it says, I am the Lord. In its time, I will hasten it. In its season, in its perfect timing that I have ordained, I will hasten it. Proverbs 3.26 says, the Lord will be your confidence. That is where your confidence needs to lie. If you're worried about tomorrow, if you're worried about your future, let the Lord be your confidence. When it's its time, he will hasten it. I believe it's in First or Second Peter where it talks about God is not slow as we view slowness. You know what I'm saying? Like his timing, his, the way that he does things is so opposite of how we think that it should be. But I think that just shows not only grace on his part, but also he wouldn't be much of a God if he just worked on our schedule, if he just worked on our timing. He wouldn't be worthy of praise. He would just be any of, the, any of these other gods. But that's one of the things, one of the many, many things that makes him so worthy 
of any kind of praise that we could give him because he is so far beyond us, but yet he seeks and wants that relationship with you and he will hasten it when it's his time, no matter what it is. And so I, I just want to give one more example of that. And we're going to go ahead and get out of here. I had, um, I remember a specific instance in 2020 where I was on my route and one of my buddies, um, he had some work today. He had to get done at the hospital for his route, but he wasn't going to be able to do it. And so he called me and he's like, Hey, can you pick up the, uh, this customer, this hospital over here? And I'm like, yeah, I can do it. So I go over there and, um, I put in my headphones and I'm listening to Paris Cariz. And this was in 2020. And I remember specifically, I can close my eyes and, and vision getting out of the truck to go service this hospital. And I remember listening to this song, Angel in Disguise Freestyle by Paris Cariz. And I had no idea at that time that I was ever going to be doing a podcast. I had no idea at that time that I would be sitting here right now talking to you. I had no idea at that moment that eventually the Lord was going to not only call me to do a podcast, but allow people like Paris Cariz to come on my podcast. And I actually reached out to him the other day to ask him, would he be willing to come back on for a part two? And he was like, yeah, bro, I'm getting ready to drop an album. We'll do it when I drop the album. And I'm like, all right, that sounds good. But it was just, it's just crazy to me that at that moment in time, I had no idea that this stuff was going to happen. But now I have Paris Cariz in my DMs. And that's not a brag on myself. If, if I'm going to boast, I'm boasting in God. And that's what I'm trying to really convey to you today. God can do things in a short period of time. God can flip your situation to where you had no idea of any of these things. You didn't think that anything like this was possible, but God has more for you. Like we talked about last week, there's opportunities all around us. God has so much in store for you. And he, a lot of times he's just waiting on you to move. He's like, I got this right here for you. Do you want it? Come get it. Well, he, uh, <laughs> I almost said lean and give it. Stand on me. Trust me. Let your confidence be in me. And so I, I just, I really want to encourage you two things. One, to believe in the immediacy of God. And two, just to take a step forward. A lot of Christians aren't reaching their full potential because you're too scared to try something. That was me for years. Like I was scared to death whenever I started this podcast. Yeah, I didn't know, you know, is anybody going to listen? Is anybody going to care about it? But I've seen God open doors. And, and it doesn't matter if you have the best of equipment. It doesn't matter if you have, you know, the best guests on in the world. All that matters is if you know that God is calling you to do a specific thing, start taking steps towards it. I was listening to a sermon the other day where, where the pastor talked about, it's just like going up a muddy hill that's slick. If you're not going forward, you're going to slide down. And so it's just that steady movement, even if it's something slow, even if it's just a crawl. Keep moving forward. Walk in the full favor that God has for you. And so that's all that I got for you guys today. Um, little announcement. I'm going to do another reaction video um, next Thursday. Um, thank you to everybody who has suggested um, topics for me. You're not going to want to miss this one on Thursday. Um, it's a very hot topic. I think it's something that um, a lot of Christians um, kind of stay away from. It's a. Mm. Uh, let's just say this. I'm trying to handle it with grace the best that I possibly can. Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's something that is a sensitive topic for me to kind of get into because it is frustrating. Um, and so that's all I'll say about it. But, uh, thank you to everybody who has reached out. Thank you to everybody who has made that, um, 
I, I, in my eyes, a, a success over the last couple of weeks. And so I, I'm truly grateful. Hopefully you guys continue to enjoy that. Hopefully this episode uh, was a blessing to you in some way today. And so Lord willing, same time next week. I love you guys. God bless. Thank <laughs> you.